Welcome to the ACT Podcast, a program on aging, communication, and technologies. ACT is a research project that considers what it means to age in an increasingly digital world. In each episode of this program, we take a look at a different issue of importance to older adults and bring you illuminating interviews and commentary that aim to inspire and engage. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and SoundCloud. On this episode, we learn about what it's like to age after starting over in a new country. We're going to meet several older activists living in Montreal, all of them immigrants, who are all raising their voices around the important issue of elder abuse. In doing so, they're forging inspiring examples of how we can come together as communities, get active in the fight against discrimination, and even how to be creative along the way. Aruna. I'm from India and I have been here in Montreal from the last one year. My name is Louise Jack and I'm from St. Vincent in um, the West Indies or recently it's called the Caribbean and I've been in Montreal for quite a number of years. <laughs> My name is Madhu Nambiar. I've been with RECA for the last about 12 years and uh, I'm originally from India. We sat down with members of RECA, which stands for Respecting Elders Communities Against Abuse. They're a Montreal group of older activists that bring special attention to the abuse faced by seniors who have immigrated to Quebec. My name is Sajida, Sajida Imam. Uh, I am with RECA since last, uh, now more than three years. And uh, before I was active member, but uh, since three years I am more active with RECA and their activities, and uh, I'm enjoying it. Elder abuse can happen within any ethnic or cultural community, but older immigrants face unique challenges when they're settling in their new country, and that can expose them to particular forms of abuse. We take a look at some of the efforts that one Canadian province, Quebec, has made to combat elder abuse, and why one advocate says it hasn't been enough. And we speak with elders about the shifts in attitude they say it will take to build a culture where all seniors are respected. Spoiler alert, it starts with young people. As part of their work with RECA, Aruna, Louise, Madhu, and Sajida visit with different communities in Montreal and facilitate discussions about elder abuse. To do that, They use a creative practice called forum theater. They act out a situation that an older immigrant might experience within their family or community. But members of the audience do more than observe. They can jump into the performance themselves, changing the way that events unfold. It's a nonverbal form of theater. It's also a way to get people talking about how elders are treated and how the whole community can work together to prevent abuse. Here's Louise. And it's fun going around to see that other communities they have the problem. Sometimes they um, they would not admit that it, that it's abuse. They call it all different names. Some says mistreatment. It's it's not. Um, it's just communication that it's needed. But in each community, there is something about elderly abuse which you didn't think it's elderly abuse. 
they call it something else. RECA defines elder abuse as actions that result in the physical, psychological, and financial exploitation of elders. We asked the RECA members to tell us what elder abuse looks like in immigrant communities. For example, uh, some, uh, some couples or some, uh, they, they invite their um, parents from uh, some, some countries, could be South Asian countries, and they have children. And these uh, a grandmother uh, comes here and she takes care of the children. At the same time, she cooks, she does so much around the house. And, uh, but the, the children, uh, they work. I mean, uh, the parents, uh, they work, they have small children, and they don't think that they're uh, older um, parents need to go out to have fun. They just uh, take care of the house and then uh, they take care of the children, doing the laundry and cooking. But uh, normally this is uh, abuse. But uh, the family who invited their parents, they don't think this is abuse. There's so many stories, <laughs> I don't know which one to tell you, but I remember there was this young man, he had his, his mother was living by herself, and um, he would promise to take out for a drive every Sunday. She'd get dressed and ready, get ready, and he would never turn up. He always had some excuse, you know? But that, that's, that's like a mild case, but there was one where Another mother, she was living by herself alone, and the daughter is not living in Montreal. I think the mother, she was not required to go to her home, but the daughter said uh, it's too much for her. She made a decision for the mother. And what she did while the mother was in hospital, she made arrangements to sell the mother's house. Yeah. Here's Madhu Nambiar again, who tells us a really difficult story of elder isolation and abuse. Where uh, the um, uh, one of actually a friend of mine, you know, he was actually teaching in the, in the in the university, um, and they brought their mother, thinking that she was alone. He was the only son, and he was married, and uh, so they decided to bring her here. And um, the lady was so isolated. I mean, they didn't know how to deal with her, first of all. Then they told her, okay, we'll, we'll take you for a trip to India. You know, they took her. Then she didn't want to come back. She said, no, you have to come back. You have no place. You are going to live with us. They brought her back. And it, it became, she became so isolated and what you call disconnected with uh, her people, her, there was no solution. So we as a group of friends, we said, we'll have to find some solution, otherwise she'll go. And she did become, become psychotic. Mm. She lost her mind. And especially when the snow came, and this was in the prairie provinces, she just lost it. So we said, well, we consulted a psychiatrist, and he said, you know, and her problem is isolation. Otherwise, I don't think there's anything <coughs> else. She came from a middle class. So take her home, find a good support system for her, that's the place he belongs to. And that's what the couple did, and they could afford it, you know. And then later on, after six months afterwards, I checked with my friend, how's your mom doing? 
She's fine. The doors are open, she has got friends, she goes to the temple, she's fine. Isolation was broken. So I think isolation and disconnect is a big problem with, uh, with seniors I know, who have come from other countries, other cultures. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know, what is the difference in immigrant seniors and other seniors who are from here? The difference is when uh, the immigrant seniors are here, uh, they are not, um, I mean, uh, know about the city. That becomes a problem because uh, to go on the on your own out at that time is not easy, and then to find out things for yourself is not easy. So that becomes a problem because the seniors who are here they know about the city. That becomes a, this thing, you know, they can handle things. Whereas immig for immigrants, language is one thing, and then you know, getting around the city and to know things is not easy. And like Madhu said, there is isolation because then you feel you are left out. After hearing these stories from RECA members, we wanted to learn more about the systemic challenges that seniors can face after immigrating to a country like Canada. So we reached out to Pascual Delgado. Pascual works with ACCESS, a group that advocates for equal rights for immigrant communities within Quebec's health and social services agencies. Aside from the things that uh, normally affect uh, people, the elderly people, after the age of 55 or 60, you have certain uh, vulnerability and weaknesses and fragility that comes from the, just the, con the idea of aging uh, that affect them physically, mentally, and in terms of uh, the environment, the community. But when you look at uh, cultural communities, people of ethnocultural origin or immigrant uh, origin, you have to look at what we call the nine, uh, nine characteristics which have a cumulative effect on, uh, on, the, uh, on the elderly. We asked Pasquale to break down some of those factors for us. You have uh, cult what we call cultural distance, the difference between uh, an elderly person that comes from a, a culture very distant from North America or from the French culture. So their uh, cultural distance creates a difficulty in terms of communication. You have also the problem of uh, immigration status. For example, many uh, elder elderly of immigrant communities are sponsored immigrants. Under the Canadian law, many of them also are asylum seekers. That means that in terms of services and rights, they are not at the same level as an immigrant uh, who came in with a permanent visa as a, a permanent immigrant. Uh, they're not, uh, they have specific problems that have to do with access, access to services. We know that immigrants are more likely to live in poverty than the Canadian-born population. According to Statistics Canada figures from 2012, Immigrants over the age of 65 were most likely to be chronically low income. That means living below the poverty line for at least five years. That higher likelihood of living in poverty is another factor that exposes immigrant elders to higher rates of abuse, Pasquale tells us. Then there's the issue of language barriers. Uh, a lot of seniors, again, do not have a, a, a control, a, a well, a complete understanding of functioning in the French language which is an incredible barrier in Quebec if you want to receive services, but also even English. In fact, most older adults who have immigrated to Quebec have English and not French as their first learned Canadian official language. This makes it more difficult for them to access provincial or local services. And, Pasquale tells us, racism is common among institutions that provide health and social services in Quebec. 
You have a, a, a basic um, uh, misunderstanding about what Islam is, and then that translates into um, xenophobia or uh, inability really to, to relate to a senior. So we know a woman wearing the hijab already has a problem of discrimination, but when you are like 60, 70 years old and you're dressed in a certain way, uh, you walk into a CLSC or a hospital, right away there is this you know, inability to, to, to treat the person with, uh, with the same equality and dignity uh, as you would a person who is quote-unquote Canadian. The more you have those characteristics, the more the person is uh, more fragile and more vulnerable, and therefore could be really more open to elder abuse. From the federal to the municipal levels, governments are recognizing elder abuse and making efforts to stop it. It's a crime that happens often, but we rarely hear about. The victims usually suffer in silence. But today, a 94-year-old Toronto woman bravely spoke out, telling her story of elder abuse. She let people she that trusted into her something was happening home. to her incapacitated mother behind the walls of her nursing home. So she installed a camera. Cynthia Mulligan, these are images from stories we've brought you in the past about abuse of seniors, but there are thousands of more cases that we never hear about. This study the Government of Canada created a federal office dedicated to policies and programs that affect seniors in 2006. Some of their initiatives have included helping unemployed seniors find work and funding projects that focus on social isolation and intergenerational learning. In the summer of 2018, the City of Montreal unveiled its Municipal Action Plan for Seniors. The City's objectives included improving city infrastructure to make it easier for seniors to get around, creating more opportunities for intergenerational activities, and finding ways for older adults to be better included in their communities. As for the provincial level, Quebec's Ministry of Aging conducted a province-wide public consultation on issues that seniors face in 2007. Since then, Quebec has launched two five-year plans to combat elder mistreatment. The latest was started in 2017. Pasquale Delgado has participated in provincial efforts to combat elder abuse, advocating specifically for the concerns of older immigrants. But he was left disappointed by the outcome. We asked Pasquale what he sees as the outcome of the province-wide consultations and action plans in Quebec. In 2011, I was named uh, the president uh, of the uh, committee for the um, implementation of, of programs to fight elder abuse among the cultural community seniors, uh, which I served for three years. Uh, um, and I worked hand-in-hand uh, -in, -hand in collaboration with the government of Quebec. Uh, we went everywhere. We did consultations in every city. Uh, we met with the community organizations working with seniors. Unfortunately, after a lot of paper, a lot of consultations, a lot of... Uh, data, which was gathered over a period, as I said, of three or four years, uh, nothing much was done. Um, at this point in time, the resources, uh, we have to remember that every time there's a change in government, uh, the resources change depending on the allocation of resources. In many ways, you reinvent the wheel. As the party in power changed in Quebec, Pasquale found that the elder abuse file dropped in priority. In 2014, the Liberal Party of Quebec came into power and introduced a policy of fiscal austerity. And one of the things which was seen perhaps as a luxury is the whole, you know, elder abuse file, which was barely, you know, pushed into, you know, the bottom of a corner. And uh, I resigned in 2014 when I saw what was going on. Uh, the fiscal austerity uh, program has really affected the whole healthcare network. 
and many community organizations have either gone under or really trying to survive uh, uh, with very few resources, and access is just one among many. And so for the last four years, we have been in an up, uphill battle uh, to try to get um, the idea of elder abuse back into, into the uh, limelight. We asked Pasquale why he thinks the issue of elder abuse was so quick to drop in priority. Really, what we're seeing is, uh, because I've been around for a while, uh, really uh, drifting into kind of a neoliberal uh, social Darwinism for all members of society, which uh, basically uh, proclaims that the rich and powerful are the ones who uh, get to the top. Everybody else will have to, you know, bite the bullet. Now, when it comes to seniors, there's no difference there, you know. We wanted to hear from the members of RECA where they see solutions to the problem of elder abuse and isolation in immigrant communities. I think we have to start uh, with uh, in school, like the young, with the young people, integrating into each, each other's companies and work from there. I feel it is very important to make the younger generation sensitive about things, you know. Like we went to a Sajab and then we, we acted the same play there. And uh, the, when the children responded and all, they were very happy to see these things. And they said, okay, we'll now take care of our grandmother, grandparents, I mean. So that is that kind of sensitivity has to be developed right from the childhood. We learned that RECA has offered its members support and friendship. I have come here and I joined RECA and I feel very comfortable because I got new friend circle and when I go to different communities, I see what is happening there. That really helps me. That gives me strength to see these kind of problems and things are common everywhere. Come out of it with strength and see what you can do. And so I think the, the support. Yeah. We, we yeah. get in this, even though we may not see each other every day, yeah, right. but we know there is a Sujida, there is a Louise. Yeah. Pick up, whenever I come back from vacation, I say, Louise, Sujida, how are you? You know, I think the support system that Erika provides is very important. Starting a new life in a different country is never easy. From higher rates of poverty to language and cultural barriers, we've seen how old age raises the risk of isolation and abuse for immigrants. Through educating their communities and advocating for political change, elders are articulating the changes they want to see to make Canada a more just and welcoming place for immigrants of all ages. Thanks for listening to this episode of the ACT podcast. We'd like to thank all of our guests. Aruna, Louise, Madhu, Sajida, and Pasquale. We'll be back with more episodes in the coming months. And you can also subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or look out for more on the ACT website, actproject.ca. I'm Bipasha Sultana. This episode was written, recorded, and edited by Aaron Lakoff and produced by the ACT Project. ACT is based at Concordia University and funded by the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council. Find us online at actproject.ca.